It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello, and welcome to the show. I am fired up today to talk with my guest. Joining me is Patricia Fripp, an author, renowned public speaker, and teacher, actually taught me about public speaking, who has mentored some of the best public speakers out there, and that was not me, and who is a leading expert on making effective sales presentations. In other words, sales presentations that actually sell. You know, an effective business presentation, a persuasive presentation, whether it is for sales or an investor pitch or a presentation to your bank, a prospective business partner, is not just the words on the slides. In fact, the words on the slides may be the least important part of the presentation. An effective presentation is really a story, and how you build that story and that narrative and how you tell that story are what will help you achieve your goals for that meeting or that presentation. There's a science and an art to that, and my guest, Patricia Fripp, is an expert on both that science and the art, and she's going to help us sort it all out today. Patricia, how are you? I am absolutely thrilled to be with you. And ever since I read your book and met you, my follow-up is a lot faster than it was before. <laughs> that is great to hear. And I tell people that some of the biggest fans I have for my book are the people that have been in business and sales the longest. And it's not like there's something revolutionary about that, but it just resonates with them. And they put it to use and it makes a big difference in their business. It's not what you sell, it's how you it's sell. It's how you sell it, that's right. And it, as it, of course, our conversation is a perfect follow-up because if you follow your system, you're actually going to get a head start on your competition. And I like to say if you sound the same as everybody else, you have no advantage. And if you get in the habit of taking your advice and following up fast, it does make sense to actually know what you're going to say when you get the person <laughs> on the phone oh, oh, really? person, or on a webinar. <laughs> on a webinar. So you've got a fascinating backstory. Tell us just a little bit about that so people can understand you a little bit. Well, the snapshot of my life. I came to America at 20 with no job, nowhere to live, didn't know anyone, had $500, and I knew everyone in America was rich. <laughs> and the streets were paved with gold. Oh, I thought the streets were paved with movie stars. <laughs> and I actually met a lot. And as a young woman, I, I was a hairstylist, and I worked in San Francisco's first men's hairstyling salon, the first fancy one. And I, as a young woman, Andy, and I hope I kept this habit up, I learned to take advantage of opportunity. And we know that opportunity knocks all the time, but many of us don't recognize the sound. And that's really what your system does. There's an opportunity, grab it now. Mm -hmm. And I had clients who were movers and shakers in the financial district, or at least ambitious young stockbrokers who were being trained and they were excited. And it was very exciting times. And what I did, I asked questions. And I often say in, in speeches, if you had a multimillionaire all to yourself for 45 minutes, what would you ask? How about a top sales professional who made $200,000 a year in commissions in 1972? Right. 
or a trial lawyer to explain strategies for winning his unprecedented awards. So when people ask me, where did you get your MBA? Where did you get your degree in behavioral psychology based on what they hear me talk about? I say 24 years behind a hairstyling chair. In, in, in fact, I don't know if you know, but in 1999, 60 Minutes came to the National Speakers Association Convention and they were trying to find controversial stories. Oh, these speakers are only trying to make a lot of money. They're not really trying to serve. And Ed Bradley said, Patricia, you see you be a hairstylist. Now you're a speaker. It's got to be a big difference. And I said, I used to work on the outside of people's heads. Now I work on the inside. There's only half an inch difference. <laughs> Great and story. Andy, that line got me on 60 Minutes, but that half inch has made me millions of dollars. <laughs> Not so, all in the same year. Not all in the same year. So how did you get that transition from styling hair to being, as I said, this renowned speaker, past president of the National Speakers Association? I mean, how did... What was that journey for you? It happened in an ongoing, logical way. One, I was speaking, I was traveling nationwide speaking for hairstylists, helping them build their business. I'd taken Dale Carnegie and Toastmasters. Mm -hmm. My clients, you talk to your hairstylist, what's going on? Oh, you're speaking, come speak to my Golden Gate Breakfast Club, come speak to my Rotary Club. And then after the first few speaks, because this is what entrepreneurs forget, Andy, and that is that every service club and breakfast club is looking for a free speaker on Thursday. And if it's you, even if you're talking about your passion, for example, Pete Butler, who was in the investment business, was a, like you, a triathloner, and he took it up in his, in his fifth, late 50s. And he talked about the most incredible... Uh, uh, triathlons and marathons that he ran and he started his speech by saying planning for your future is very much like trying training for triathlon and then he regaled you with fascinating stories for 23 minutes and then he said in the last four minutes these are the questions that you need to ask yourself and perhaps your financial advisor about your future and people used to stand up and get his card. So, you see, I use that same principle as a hairstylist that, that I encourage my entrepreneur clients to use and to, to speak. So uh, from those service clubs and breakfast clubs, I realized people came in my salon. So I encouraged my staff to tell our customers Oh, oh, Patricia will come speak at a staff meeting on customer service. She'll just tell everyone where a salon is. And out of those first talks, as you know yourself, you start talking and people come up and say, what would you charge to say that to my group? Mm -hmm. In 1977, I was two years into a 10-year lease on my own business when I went to the National Speakers Association Convention. And one sort of vision of what was possible and in 1984, I went full time, a year ahead of schedule. And by then, I'd already developed a good business because I was running my salon, bad the freedom to travel and take advantage of invitations. And in the early days, I spoke about what I knew, how to get, keep and deserve customers and promote your business. And at, as 
people heard me speak, a turning point, as I'm sure you would tell your clients, Andy, if we listen to our clients, they'll tell us how they want to spend money with us. And one, a national sales manager from a company who sells to hospitals, they sell food service. The national sales manager said, Patricia, I like your speech. But I really loved how you delivered it. Can you teach our salespeople to speak that way? Because it takes us a year to be in a position to deliver a one-hour presentation to a hospital board. And we are losing business. It has absolutely nothing to do with our offering or our price. It has to do with the presentation skills of the competitors we always go up against are better than us. And little did I know, when I put together that seminar, that that wonderful national sales manager was opening a door that would guarantee I would always be in demand, no matter how good the economy is. Because you know, Andy, from your own work, that if you can help drive sales, they probably need you more when times are tough than when they can hardly fill in orders. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's the time to double down on your sales investment. Yes. So that's when it evolved. And although I certainly keynote, I certainly am a keynote speaker and I certainly have a few live events and I coach executives and, and different teams on their presentations, however they, they define them. But sales presentations, of course, is an area that we're both passionate in because if you have an opportunity, if you sound like everyone else, if you haven't focused this conversation or this presentation specifically on the interests or opportunities or needs or frustrations of this client, you're going to lose that opportunity. So let's look at sales presentations that start generally is that you know, given so much information available online, people can educate themselves to a larger degree than they've ever could before. Has the, the purpose of, of sales presentation changed? Uh, the purpose of a sales presence I don't think has changed. It's to drive business. And however, what might have changed about the process is that our potential clients probably know more about our product or service than they would have done 10 or 15 years ago. And, you know, there was a time we used to send a lot of information to people. Now they've seen everything they, they know on you, they need on the website. They just want to ask some specific questions. So yes, more educated buyers. In fact, if you're working with a lot of my clients have young sales teams, second, third jobs, they're still in their 20s. They're not nearly as seasoned as the people they're talking to. So teaching them what to say to a, a more seasoned, experienced buyer can be a challenge with some of the sloppy speakers that young people are. Yeah, well, I think, um, to me, one of the changes, and I think this is an important point for the audience listening, is we've talked about no mystery, right? Your customers have the opportunity to educate themselves more in terms of the available information that's available online, you know, whether you've reached out to them with a cold call, or no, regardless of how the, the sales interaction started. By the time you get to that point of presentation, they know what you do, right? So yeah. really, the presentations are less about that these days and more about what's the customer's objective and how are you going to solve that? 
And here's a new fripicism. Customers would rather, or prospects and customers would rather have a good listening to than a good talking to. And if you look at traditionally, and a lot of the clients I work with when before we actually change their presentations, their format really is, hi, my name's Patricia Fripp and I come from the ABC company and we've been in business for 13 years and we have this famous methodology and we help clients as large as and as small as and would love to do business with you. Well, nobody cares. Well, they know that already anyway. Yeah, exactly. It, it's, it's thank you for the opportunity. And I say don't thank people for their time. You can say we value your time if you've got someone important. But really it's we thank them for the opportunity to discuss. If the FRIP virtual training is the solution that you're looking for. So when I, in, in the pre-call with Fred, he told me your three areas of interest or your three major concerns or your three biggest challenges or what you're most interested in focusing on is bullet, bullet, bullet. So you see, you're immediately talking about them and anything you need to tell them about your company gets slotted into the format to answer their questions and concerns. Exactly. And I think that's such an important point to, to emphasize for people listening is that you never go into presentations without an agenda that's agreed to with the customer, with the prospect, so that you are talking about what's important for them, what they need to get out of that presentation in order to take the next step in their buying process. If they don't get that, then they're going to be stuck and you're not going to move any further with them. Yes. Excellent. So when people start thinking about presentation, because I want to talk about actually putting a presentation together. Oh, sure. So, you know, first question is, you know, where do they start, right? They've got an agreement now with the customer about what the agenda of the meeting is going to be and the points that they want to try to convey and the value they want to deliver to the prospect. So where do they start? What's the first decision to make about a presentation? Is it, you know, am I going to use slides or no slides or, or where do they begin? Well, first of all, forget your damn PowerPoint at this point in the process. <laughs> because, I, well, people tend to say just want to cut and paste from existing. Exactly. Oh, that's, that's where they start. And, and, and that is okay. And, and believe me, and of course, we have a lot of virtual presentations. And, and if you have, you know, if you have a complex uh, presentation, you know, I'm vi understand they are visual aids. They're not scripting aids. And so if you put it together, you're going to have too much text. And, and you're, you're, it's, it's, it's not to design your presentation. The presentation goes on a whiteboard or, as I say, a yellow pad. So every presentation in any formula or venue of any length is built around a dominant theme, a big idea, a, a premise and, and I like to ask my clients, if you had one sentence rather than 45 minutes, what would you say? Just to focus on the premise of any sales presentation. You're not actually going to say it, but it's your dominant theme is your company will be better off if you do business with our company. And the structure of your presentation, Andy, is how do you prove your premise? 
Now, you prove your premise by use by organizing the structure that makes your case on how that's true. And if you use our formula of asking questions, so what are their challenges, frustrations, area of interest, opportunities, however they, they answer and call their issues, then you prove your premise as you're building the structure. So if you think the first 30 seconds and the last 30 seconds have the most impact. And at this point, we might not be working on the opening. Mm-hmm. So if you were going to have an opening for, for a standard opening for a sales presentation, it would be congratulations. What are you congratulating them on? So your latest advertising campaign is spectacular. Your your stock price is up three points and your competitors are down. Your website redo is amazing. Or I'm a customer or my wife's a customer of your builder and she loves you. Uh, Or it could be if it's an in-person meeting, uh, just walking, just just walking here to the meeting everybody greeted me and asked if I need help. It's obvious you've developed a really good team spirit. So it can be as simple as just congratulating them on the way you've been treated. And again, it has to be genuine. Mm -hmm. If you can congratulate them on something that isn't obvious, and, and it doesn't take that much research to find out can be as simple as calling up the reception and say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm meeting with, with Mr. Paul. Uh, can you help me out? Just what do I need to know about him that I haven't seen on this LinkedIn profile? Oh, you know, it's amazing. Um, and, and when I meet executives to coach them and I'm not going to meet them before, I talk to their admin. Oh, well, you know, when he was young, he went to the Olympics. Well, what a great way to start a conversation. And very simple to do. Very simple to do. Exactly. So congratulations. And then thank you for the opportunity to discuss if our product or service is what you're looking for. Now, based on our conversation before, Bob, who was very generous with his time and information, he said your biggest issues are bullet, bullet, bullet. So that's a framework to get started. And And the important point, though, as you start talking about is is don't think of this initially as slides, right? Don't say, okay, I've got 10 slides on the first slide, this, second slide, this. Think about the structure and the story first. Yes, and then you ask yourself, where do I need a visual aid? Where do I need an image? Do I need a graph? And I would also challenge you, do you have slides from their company, not just yours? So, for example, is, and and it would depend on what you're selling, but... (coughs) I could say, well, obviously you're, you know, you're interested in increasing customer engagement. Now you could have gone to their website and have a quote from somebody that says, oh, I love, you know, I love the widgets at ABC Company. Mm-hmm. And so you've already got indoor- adoring fans 
And what we could do with our social media strategy, if that's what you're selling, is to maximize that and take it to a whole new level. So it, it's, it's you, the slides, the visuals work for you. You don't work for the slides and they reinforce. And then, for example, you mentioned a lot of people, Andy, now, uh, virtual presentations. Mm -hmm. They do webinars. In fact, my big we both have virtual training systems, which is for, for people who want to learn easily, conveniently, and fast. Our VT systems are the best way. And my, one of my biggest clients with my VT system, they actually don't see their, their prospects or their customers, they have webinar meetings or phone calls, and a right. lot of them are web-based. And so what I recommend you do, you're not going to see them in person, but turn on your webcam when you welcome them. Now you can turn it off when you're going through the slides so you can look down and focus. Then when you're answering the questions, turn your webcam on again, because you're putting the personal touch with the slides. Right, right. Excellent. A good point. Hey, we're going to take a short break yes. and uh, a sponsor's message. And when we come back, we'll talk further about building your effective sales presentation with my guest, Patricia Fripp. Attention, sales leaders. Would you like to give your sales team the tools to drive more quality connects, scale their outreach, and spend more time selling? Well, you can with LiveHive. Get your ROI. Try it now at livehive.com forward slash ROI. That's Livehive, L-I-V-E-H-I-V-E dot com forward slash R-O-I. So welcome back with my guest today, Patricia Fripp. We're talking about how to build an effective sales presentation. We've just gotten through the part about defining the structure of your story before you start worrying about what the visuals are going to be. Yes. And let us remember, Andy, that one of the greatest visuals is what you put in the mind of your customer. Because people will remember what they see. Now, you and I know as speakers and trainers that our presentations to large audiences when we're giving information would not be as well received if we didn't tell a lot of good stories because a story explains the complex. And the best way to visually enhance your presentation, even if you can't see them, or what I would encourage you, put your webcam on again when you're telling stories. And in a sales presentation, there are two important types of stories. One, and the most valuable, is your third-person endorsement story. Mm -hmm. And you tell a story, and I know you teach this as well, you tell a story about a, a satisfied client that has the same problem as the one that you're talking to. Exactly. And and what will make that story better than any you've told before and better than your competition is if you understand that stories are about people. Now, yes, big companies do business with big companies. Little companies do business with big companies. Big companies do business with little companies. We know. But it's people within those companies 
that actually talk to other people to find the opportunity and then give the presentation. And we humanize the presentation when we add characters with backstory and dialogue. Right. So, for example, you, you might say, well, uh, how would you do this? And they say, well, probably best example is to tell you about what we did for Patricia at her company because she had a similar challenge and she has the same amount of employees and is also in a different type of technology. And Patricia is a, a successful national sales manager who is more technically savvy than most in her position. And when I first... When I first met her, she said, Andy, help. Now, and sidebar, we understand when we tell stories about relationships that developed over weeks or months, you're going to take multiple conversations and put them in one. So if your happy prospect, when you first spoke to them, said, help, how would they clearly articulate their problem? And this comes from me. I had a client who actually did say, help. As you know, Patricia, I am a very successful sales professional one-on-one. -on -one. However, I have the opportunity to present to a convention committee. They're going to be 10 people. And I'm really nervous standing up in front. What do I do? Now, that's what he actually did, and I thought that was so effective that whenever I tell the starting presentation or the starting request, I always put help in it because that signifies, hey, I have a situation I want to change. Exactly, and two critical points for people to remember that you know, you were just talking about is one is when you use, tell a story about somebody, use their name. Right, because what you want to do is you need to be able to draw the listeners into the story. So if you put a name to it, they start identifying with that person, sort of the protagonist of the story. Yes. And secondly, the dialogue—the same thing. The dialogue is an element of detail that yeah. draws listeners in, and so very important to tell a story to include those two items. And and often, Andy, we work in financial services or or industries. They they say, well, we can't mention our clients. Well, that's fine. However, you can, you have to be emotionally true. So you can say, Mary was a senior vice president at a $2 billion software company in Silicon Valley. In reality, perhaps it was John who had a similar position with a manufacturing firm in Cleveland, as long as the problem and the backstory are the same. You, you just change it so you wouldn't recognize it. And I challenge a lot of people because I say, look, on your website, I see dozens of quotes from your customers. Don't you think if you called them up and said, Mary, you're, you know, I was just looking at our website and we have the quote about when we converted this for you. Do you remember when we first talked? How did you, do you remember how you articulated your problem? And mm -hmm. then did we meet or exceed your expectations? 
well, would it be okay if I used this example in my sales presentations? And they would say yes. And the point is, one, everyone likes to be a hero. And if they're genuinely happy enough to let you put the quote on the website, of course they're going to let you talk about them in the sales presentation. Yes, not, not even a question. Because it's promotion for them. In fact, I got a very smart client. It's one of my best clients. And now, of course, we do it more online. But he always sends speakers the best letters for their press kits and that they're going to put online. Because he said to me, Patricia, I know it's going to be so good. They're going to put it in their press kits and they're going to put it on their website. And that's advertising for my association. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So here's an interesting question for you because I, I think it's something that, again, we talked about earlier, alluded to earlier. Is, you know, people get hung up on the PowerPoint slide. Yes. So... It's much to my mind, and, and certainly I'm sure in yours, is that when you build out the structure and you start practicing a presentation, putting it together, is you need to be able to tell that without the visual aids. Oh, yes, because especially with in-person meetings. So, for example, if you were having a virtual meeting, and you and I both like virtual meetings, we do them all the time, where you can actually see people. Now, with a lot of the technology, you can share your screen. Mm -hmm. But most of it is the conversation. When we walk in in person, you have to be prepared for however your prospect wants to get the information. So if people walked in and said, oh, come on, look, we're sick of PowerPoint. Can you just start, just talk to us? Or could you whiteboard it? You know, so be flexible. However, you are going to stand out and serve the client best. Because the disadvantage with the PowerPoint is that you are, you're set to us to the structure, unless, of course, you know oh, in person you can, and I'm sure you can online, but I, I'm not quite sure how to do it, is how do you skip six slides if they don't want to hear what's going on? It's just easier uh, to have less slides and, and drive with the conversations and the questions. Well, and that's, again, the questions is really the pertinent part, right? Is that yeah. if you come into a presentation, to me, best practices from what I found most successful is, when I teach people, start with a question. Before you even start your, mm. your presentation, start with a question. For the key person in the room, you need to have a well-designed question, for what I call a killer question, for that, that person. And then, you know, talking about their objectives, what they're trying to achieve, hey, what's your 12-month plan, where do you stand today, you know, how do we get from here to there type thing, and get them talking. Because, to me, it's really one of the best presentations is not to use your, your standard presentation at all, right? Yes, exactly. And, and Andy, uh, can you give us some examples of your killer questions? Well, that was sort of an example of one is... is if you haven't done so already, but it's okay if you haven't had any interaction, let's say, with a senior person in the room, yeah. is ask them to sort of verify the objectives, right, that they've, that's been laid out to you in terms of what the customer is trying to achieve and when. Yeah. And so rather than talking about pain points and problems and so on, you know, objective is very positive, right? So yes. where do you want to be in 12 months? You know, where are you today? And what's the plan to get from here to there? And 
obviously you're part of that solution to get from here to there. I mean, once they start answering the question and talking about it, they're going to come back to you and say, well, that's partly why you're here, right? Mm. We want to hear how you're going to help us get from where we are today to where we want to be. Mm. So it's a great way to start a meeting with a senior person in the room. Now, other people may have answered that question, yes. but if you haven't talked to that senior person before, that helps frame that conversation. And it's, it's, it's a great way to sort of start. So that's an example of one. Otherwise, as you said, it could be just through your research is you know, you've researched the company and the individual. You've informed impressions based on the conversations you've had with other people you've spoken to. Maybe it's you've come up with your own idea about what their objective should be. And so that's part of your follow-on question to them. That once you ask and you'd say, well, then how about would you be interested in something like this, right? So if, if you could, yes, achieve that objective, but do it this way, or if you could maybe be 10% better, you know, something that's really personalized for them, that starts becoming effective. It starts a conversation. And like I said, to me, I always prepare with my presentation, but the best meetings you ever have with your presentations are the ones when the computer stays closed and the customer really gets into the detail of what they're trying to achieve, and then you whiteboard your solution out or, or so on. And, you know, we have a mutual friend, uh, Charlie Green. Yes. And his book, uh, The Trusted Advisor, he tells a great example of these were four, four advertising agencies that were going to go and present. And the fourth one that went in, they were really the underdog because they were out of town. And they walked in and they they said... Yeah, we've come prepared for the dance of a thousand slides. <laughs> However, you know, if if you'd like, why don't we start work, spend our couple, if you choose, and we can go through that, or if you'd prefer, why don't we start working on your campaign? So if you choose to hire us, you got two hours free consulting. And if you don't, you still have two hours free consulting to get you on track. And, of course, it was such a different approach. Just as you say, they wonderfully spent weeks preparing this PowerPoint. They didn't use it. Yeah. The job. Now, they're prepared because if you say to the client, would you like to see the dance of the thousand slides? Uh, and, and, and in a lots of ways, and I didn't realize, but when I first met Charlie, how I got his business is I did what this person did. <laughs> and and I used part of the, the, and it's what I call sell by doing, don't sell by telling. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And you give them a sample of your advice or a sample of your coaching so they have an experience and the chances are. And, and one of my very good friends, Alan Weiss, a brilliant consultant. If, if I had all Alan's money, I would throw mine away. <laughs> Alan, nobody is better than Alan. But what he says is you tell people what to do, you sell them how to do it. And I can acknowledge that, but I... I believe that there's nothing more effective than actually giving people a little time in the sample of your advice and what it would be like working with you. And that has served me well in my business, and I'm not going to stop. Yeah, well, I think it's a great way to, as we talked about, serve either to preface or begin a a presentation, because then you really find out what they really want to talk about. Because you may think you're there to talk, but oftentimes they want to talk, as you had mentioned before. So 
questions sort of start laying that out, but you want to have that presentation tightly defined, well-structured, ready to go in case they get to a point where they say, great, what do you have for us? Exactly. All right. Perfect. Well, Patricia, I want to thank you for joining me today. It's been great, as always, to speak with you. My guest today, Patricia Fripp, as I call her, legendary speaker, author, consultant, coach to executives. So tell people, Patricia, how they can find out more about you. Well, as you know, Andy, the best way is to start with our interactive virtual training because it's easy, convenient, fast. You could immediately start work, and it's such a cost-effective way. So one, if people are listening and not driving, you can get out your, your, your mobile device and text to 96,000. And what you text is FRIP. So it's you're texting the word FRIP, to 96,000 and that leads you to fill in this just your name and email and you can have a gift of three chapters of the virtual training one on stories one on openings and one of course on sales which you will love now don't worry if you're out the country if you don't have an american phone or you don't like to text just go to frip F-R-I-P-P, V is in virtual, T is training.com. Take a trial. Excellent. All right. Well, that's good advice. People, you get a free sample. She's giving, you know, living up to her own advice. Yes, exactly. Exactly, which is the great thing to do. So, again, thank you for being here today. And remember, everyone, make it a part of your day every day to deliberately learn something new to help you accelerate your success. Subscribing to this podcast is certainly an easy way to do that because then you'll make sure that you don't miss any of my conversations with top business experts like my guest today, Patricia Fripp, who will share their experience and their expertise about how to accelerate the growth of your business. So thanks for joining me. And until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guest, visit my website at andypaul.com. Hi, this is Andy. I have a special offer for loyal listeners of Accelerate. It's a no-obligation, free trial of my zero-time selling, interactive online training. Now, I've worked with thousands of sales reps to teach them how to use my zero-time selling to boost their productivity and transform the results. And so if you want to learn the same proven strategies to help you open more doors, have more effective sales conversations with prospects, and close more orders, then my zero-time selling interactive training system is a fit for you. It's incredibly simple to start. Just take out your smartphone and text the word TRUST, that's T-R-U-S-T, to 96000. Now, do you have your phone ready? Send a text to 96000. That's a nine and a six followed by three zeros. Now, enter the single word message TRUST and hit send, and you hear right back from me with instructions on how to sign up for your free trial on my zero-time selling interactive training. I look forward to seeing you there.